Welcome on into Locked On Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Right off the top here, apologies for my voice. I didn't do the podcast yesterday, and my voice today should show you how bad it was yesterday that I decided I couldn't do the podcast yesterday. Still definitely in recovery mode, but wanted to get another episode out to you guys. Hopefully, you guys are all having a great Thursday. On today's podcast, we'll be talking a lot about BYU basketball. They've got a rematch against St. Mary's tonight in the Marriott Center. We'll break that down for you. We'll also talk a little bit about some of the pickups that the BYU football program garnered in terms of commitments in the last couple of days. Trey Anderson and Nathan Upham, the two headliners there. We'll talk about that in the second segment. And we'll also catch up with Sione Takitaki's invite to the Senior Bowl, a last-minute invite. We'll catch you on that in quick hits as well as everything else we haven't touched on in the final segment of the podcast. Thanks again for joining me. A reminder for you guys, if you are listening to this podcast, your smart speaker can do all the work for for you. All you have to do is tell your Alexa or your Google Home, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you'll have us right there for you each and every day. All right, without further ado, let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for January 24th, 2019. All right, BYU basketball back in action tonight when they take on the St. Mary's Gales at the Marriott Center. Game time set for 9 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN2. Uh, this is a big opportunity for BYU in this game. They've got to go out and show that they're not as bad as the last time these two teams squared off. BYU got absolutely crushed, 88-66 to in that game there in Moraga on January 5th. Just about three weeks later, and BYU's got their opportunity now to make a statement and if the Cougars, honestly, if they want to finish the top three in the West Coast Conference, they've got to win this game tonight, plain and simple. St. Mary's is never an easy opponent for BYU. Their system, what Randy Bennett runs, really gives the Cougars fits. Uh, they do great job in terms of controlling the pace of games. Jordan Ford was great for uh, St. Mary's in the last game, 23 total points in that game. Just a true scorer, and I was really impressed with what he was showing uh, for the Gales in that game and BYU's got to figure out some scoring uh, besides Yoli Childs and TJ Hawes. Those two combined for 41 points in the last game when they squared off. Both played 33 minutes in that game but the other three players who started that game, Luke Worthington, McKay Cannon, and Connor Harding combined for a grand total of five points between the three and all five of the points belong to Connor Harding. So the Cougars, if they want to win this game, they have got to score first off. They got to, but they got to find a third score that can really offset what's going on. Nick Emery probably had his best performance of the season, in all honesty, in that loss to St. Mary's last time. He was the third leading scorer in the game. He scored 13 points on three of six shooting, played 26 minutes. Um, so maybe he has a chance to break out here. Uh, Patrick Kinhans uh, mentioned in his most recent column on KSL.com and 1280thezone.com, though, that the, two of the last three games, Emery's gone over in two of the last three contests for the Cougars and really struggling right now. I don't, I don't know what they're going to have to do to get him going or find somebody else that can score, but BYU needs consistent scoring across the board tonight if they want to win this game. If you don't win this game, you're staring at BYU likely finishing fourth or fifth in the West Coast Conference this season. And I know BYU fans are already upset, but going into a conference tournament when you are traditionally have been a two or a very worst a three seed to be a fourth or fifth seed when you get to Las Vegas, man, that would be tough. And this would be a 
kind of a critical blow for BYU because this is the only game this week. They play St. Mary's, then they're off for a week facing Gonzaga next Thursday. So could be one of those games is a swing game gets BYU going but they've got to get they've got to find scoring tonight you can't just rely on Yoli Childs and TJ Haas because you'll just get torn up by what St. Mary's does if you do that so important game tonight nine o'clock mountain time like I said on ESPN2 you can listen to it on the BYU Sports Network but I'll get out of the way here you can hear from Dave Rose himself we had a chance to speak with him as, as the media yesterday during his media availability talking about what St. Mary's offers Also talking about his team, some of the challenges when it comes to just playing one game in a week. So here you go. Dave Rose with the media yesterday following practice. What are some of the things that you and the coaching staff have to negotiate that are different when you have just one game in a week? Well, you know, I've been asked that question a couple times this week. Uh, When it's a Thursday game, it's it's not much. It feels really, uh, um, really normal. Um, after the game on Thursday, then we'll have to navigate from, from a Thursday to a Thursday. That'll be a little bit different. Uh, the next single game we have is a Saturday. And then your Monday and Tuesday, I think, will be a little bit different the way you manage it. Um, you know, I think that uh, the approach for the players that we've tried to kind of focus on is just to, to really dial in on, you know, uh, an opponent that uh, exposed us in a lot of ways the first time we played them. And to get everything else out of your mind, we don't have to, you know, worry about, you know, uh, minutes played or, you know, we just got one thing to focus on, and that's let's take these three days in practice uh, to try and work on some of the things that uh, we need to do better in order to to compete with this group. So and I, I, I'm really pleased. I think your guys have done a great job. I, um it's it, you know it's, it's difficult. Uh, you come you come after, out of there out of a loss, and there's a lot of criticism on the guys. And you know it's a, it's a game that you knew was going to be really tough, and we won. You know we won there a, a lot. And uh, uh, you know this is the group that lo- that you know loses that 11 game winning streak against the team. It, it felt similar to you know coming out of Weber State when we when we you know got beat in that game, but. Uh, I give a ton of credit to to our captains, our seniors, because our three practices have been really good. So look, look forward to a big game, big good game. Coach Randy Bennett, I think, has seven players from down under this year. How, do you have any theories as to how he continues to own that pipeline? And have you yourself ever tried to recruit on that side of the world? Well, he he had for years. His assistant was uh, the under eighteen national coach for years in Australia. That was his number one assistant. And uh, he left uh, this past year and now is um, the uh, NBA Youth Development League. Uh, where they have those, I think there's one in, in China and one in Aust- Australia. There's one in Mexico. Walter Ruiz is the head coach of the one in Mexico. Um, and, and, and so I think there's still some carryover. Players recruit players pretty well uh, as far as that is concerned. Um, and you know our our experience, you know, with uh, with foreign guys is a little is a little different than most. I mean, I, I think it's, it's been well documented that uh, it's, it's a little bit difficult with uh, our admissions and, and you know TOEFL tests and all those kind of things to get just the average ball player from a foreign country in school here. In fact, we have a team in our conference who had an interpreter for a guy for two years 
And I mean, you got to score a pretty good TOEFL score to be considered for admissions into BYU. So there's a lot of factors that I think go into it. Um, but uh, I've, I, you know, I, I think that uh, their Australian connection uh, has been really good for their situation. And you know, our our, our situation is, is a little bit different. Our return missionaries have been really good for us over the years. I think one thing about recruiting foreign players that people don't really understand is that they really want to know your roster and they really want to know who you have and who's on scholarship and what the opportunity is when they come from that far away to a place and when you've got guys that they think are stashed on missions and other places and what position they play and it causes a lot of angst, anxiety in the recruiting process. As you might imagine, because it causes a lot of anxiety to the head coach at BYU. <laughs> I know it's not completely uncommon, but you're obviously this will be the second time you're facing St. Mary's. Yet there are a couple of teams in the conference you haven't faced at all yet. Is, is that a little is that a little strange? You know, I, I think that uh, it, it's becoming a little more common now because TV's run all the conference uh, schedules for, for matchups and games, but. I think the real challenge, the, the, the challenge isn't when you play the team the second time because their focus is dialed in and you got filmed from the first game and you can break those things down. It's when you go back and play the team that you haven't played and how will your guys put the effort into the prep that needs to be put into that preparation when before they were so familiar with the team. And that's where we, what we've got when we play LMU and San Diego and obviously uh, Gonzaga. Don't worry as, as much about Gonzaga. Does Fitz give them a kind of look that they haven't really had before that makes it more difficult to prepare for them because of his athleticism and ability on the outside? And, and, and you know, his ability to get hot from the perimeter, like he did against us. Um, you know, the, he, he's, a, he's a triple threat guy that you know that, you know, if you leave him for an open shot, he's capable of knocking down that three. If you crowd him, he can put it past you and get to the rim and finish, and then he's good at the free throw line. So... You know, he's a guy that uh, has really stepped in and, and, and just kind of um, filled that position pretty well. The position that, you know, they're still trying to find is that low post score, you know. But the three ways they score, you know, they score layups, they score threes, and they score in post-ups. The layups at the rim and the, the three-point shots, they're still really, really good at. And uh, hopefully we can find a way to shut that down a little bit and make it a little harder on them. And then Jordan Ford is as good a finisher as maybe there is. I, he reminds me in a different way, but he reminds me of Tyler Hawes. When Ty played here, we could run sets and sets and sets for Ty, and he would he would just close the game out. This is just Jordan Ford can do it creatively off the dribble, off the bounce, five foot or twelve foot, you know, kind of floater, hitting threes, step backs, getting to the free throw line. Uh, so late in the shot clock, we're gonna have to do a really good job on kind of corral him and control him a little bit. There you go. Dave Rose speaking to the media yesterday. Always good to catch up with him, get his thoughts. And he was pretty frank about uh, what he thought with this team, what needs to get going. Broke down what exactly what he thinks of Jordan Ford, Malik Fitz, uh, the two leading scorers for St. Mary's this season. Ford averaging 22.3 points per game. Fitz averaging 15 points and also just under eight rebounds per game. They're the two big headliners for St. Mary's. 
As uh, Coach Rose said, the one thing that they don't really have this year is the back-to-the-basket low-post score that they've had traditionally for St. Mary's. But he said everything else they're doing is great. So uh, it's going to be a tough matchup for BYU tonight. I'm not sure where the points are going to come from. It would be good to see a guy like Connor Harding kind of break back out of the shell he's kind of gone into. He was very good earlier this season. Or maybe a guy like Gavin Baxter has another big game like he did at Pepperdine uh, last week. So you got to find somebody who can come in and help balance that load scoring. Maybe Nick Emery does break out and uh, gets another good showing against St. Mary's. Maybe it's one of those teams he matches up well against. But plain and simple, BYU simply needs to find balanced production tonight if they want to have any hope of winning this game. Because like I said, this is very much a critical swing game for the season for BYU because you lose this game, then you're all of a sudden, you're struggling. You're all of a sudden facing the chance that you could be only one game above 500 when you face a top five team in Gonzaga a week from now so just very important for BYU to pick up a win tonight if at all possible and we'll recap that for you on tomorrow's podcast get you caught up on everything that way and we'll give you my thoughts on the game all right we'll step aside here we'll come back talk a little bit about BYU football the football program continue to add guys to the roster a couple of uh, pickups in terms of commitments that we need to talk about next and then later on in the podcast talk a little bit about Sione Takitaki and his addition to the roster at the Senior Bowl there in Mobile, Alabama. That's all coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. Welcome back to Locked on Cougars. A reminder for you guys, if you do have a smart speaker you got for Christmas or you just gone to kind of the smart home route you can tell those smart speakers play podcast locked on cougars and you'll have the latest and greatest in byu news right there for you all right talking some byu football now the cougars added two commitments earlier this week one a scholarship player the other one will be a preferred walk-on uh, we'll start off with the scholarship player and that is trey anderson who is uh, joining byu out of lehigh high school he is the son of former byu offensive lineman jason anderson spent time in the nfl with the new england patriots and Trey is a six foot six tight end for Lehigh. Um, didn't necessarily have the same production that guys like Dallin Holker, Holker and Carson Terrell have had in past years for for Lehigh, but definitely as an athletic young man, had over 400 yards receiving. And with his frame at six foot six and a pretty large frame, his dad's an offensive lineman. There's the possibility that he could end up playing offensive line for BYU after a mission. Um, I've had some people talk about comparing him maybe to uh, Brady Christensen, uh, where, of course, he was a standout as a freshman this year after a redshirt year following his mission. Christensen was a six foot five, 240-pound string bean of an offensive lineman when he signed with BYU before his mission out of Bountiful High School. So it'd be very important uh, for BYU to keep an eye on Trey Anderson, how his body develops during his mission. He's to go on a mission right away and then come back and play for the Cougars and if his body continues to develop and grow and he starts filling out that frame he very much could be a candidate to play offensive tackle at some point in his career at BYU but I'd feel like his addition for BYU was very much in response to what Dallin Holker um, did uh, in terms of going on a mission. I felt like BYU had a scholarship to give. They had kind of had Trey Anderson. His dad of course being an alum had been pushing for him to get an 
offer from the coaching staff. And I feel like when a scholarship opened up at the tight end position in particular, I, for, for speaking of Holker going on a mission, it might have finally given the given way to where BYU could offer Anderson. I'm not saying that's exactly how it went down. That's just the way I can kind of see things playing out. So congratulations to Trey Anderson continuing on a legacy at BYU. I'm interested to see how he develops, like I said, on his LDS mission coming back. And we'll see if he's ultimately going to play at tight end, maybe a more of a blocking tight end, similar to what Tanner Baldery did for the Cougars a few years ago, or if he ends up playing offensive line at some point. The other pickup for BYU was a wide receiver out of Skyridge High School. So we're talking just literally minutes away from Lehigh High School, two big rivals there in Lehigh. Sky Ridge High School's Nathan Upham has committed to BYU, a six foot four, one hundred and eighty-five pound wide receiver prospect, a tall, lanky wide receiver, but he's got plenty of skills. In my opinion, he's probably the third best receiver in the state of Utah this year, behind Orms Puka Nakua and American Forks Chase Roberts. Of course, Nakua currently um, committed to USC. Some rumblings that he may flip to Utah, etc. We'll see if that bears out. I think he sticks with the Trojans, but Chase and. Uh, Chase, um, Rob, Chase Roberts, excuse me, uh, did sign with the Cougars. So BYU might be picking, scooping up two of the top receivers of the top three in the state of Utah from this year's class. Like I said, a six foot four prospect. He's a tall wide receiver. Not necessarily a burner, doesn't have the speed that you would crave for a guy that can take the top off a of defense. But at six foot four, he's got a, he's a tall target uh, for BYU quarterbacks. Uh, whenever he decides to enroll, I'm not sure if his plan is to enroll for a year and go on a mission, etc. But at six foot four, he's definitely a guy that a, that a quarterback can use as a red zone target where he can just throw it up and go up and get it. Uh, he had 1,157 receiving yards this past season at. Sky Ridge on an 11 and 2 team, uh, 13 total touchdowns. So, just an incredible season for him, and I think it's an underrated pickup here for the Cougars to get his signature. And I'm excited to see what he can do. We'll see um, what he ultimately decides to do with regards to an LDS mission, etc. But that six foot four, 185 pounds, you can get him as a preferred walk on. That is absolutely worth the gamble each and every time you do that. All right, so there you go. Some of my thoughts on the BYU uh, commitments. We'll keep you updated in the run up here to signing day. Uh, we'll talk a little bit on tomorrow's show about uh, about visitors, official visits this weekend from BYU prospects. One big name, Bingham High School, Simote Peppa, expected to visit BYU this weekend. And we'll talk about those on tomorrow's podcast. All right, we'll step aside here. We'll come back with quick hits, catch up on everything going on elsewhere in the BYU athletic department, as well as we need to talk a little bit about, a little bit about the importance and the significance of Sione Taki Taki being added to the roster at the Senior Bowl. So that's coming up next, right here on Locked on Cougars. You are Locked on Cougars. 
Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. Apologies once again for the lack of a podcast yesterday. As you can tell, my voice is very much in recovery mode. Um, Yesterday, could barely get through two or three sentences without my voice failing and cracking. So I decided to take a day off, try and heal up a bit, and definitely not back to 100%, as you guys can obviously hear in my voice today, but didn't want to leave you guys hanging as this is a podcast we're supposed to be covering BYU for you top to bottom each and every day so all right uh, some final thoughts as we wrap up here let's start off with a national ranking update for the men's uh, the men's track and field team at BYU they've moved up from the number 10 preseason spot to number nine in the most recent USTFCCCA national rankings I uh, had good showings at the Air Force team challenge winning winning that last week of course there are other two indoor invites at BYU earlier this season have really helped them. It is the highest in-season ranking the men's team has achieved since being ranked number eight in 2012. They've currently got three athletes ranked in the top 30 of each of their respective classes. All-American Clayton Young is the highest rated Cougar at number 12 in the 3,000 meters. Patrick Parker is number 29 in the 800 meters. And Raul Rios is number 30 in the pole vault. I would expect you're going to see some of those rankings go up as the um, indoor slash outdoor season continues. But congratulations uh, to the men's uh, track and field teams. On the women's side, they've moved up eight spots to number 42 in the country in the most recent rankings. They've got three athletes ranked in the top 30 themselves. All-American Andrea Stapleton-Johnson leads the nation in the high jump after breaking her personal record last week. She jumped something like six foot one and a half, which is taller than I am. Absolutely incredible. All-American Brenna Porter is number 14 in the 800 meters. And then Elise Romney is number 29 in the pole vault. So uh, best of luck to the men's and women's track and field teams. They're splitting their squads. Some going to New York um, to do, compete as well as some going to Washington this weekend. Those get underway tomorrow. We'll have a full update of every team and where they're in action on tomorrow's podcast for you. And also early tomorrow the number 16 ranked BYU Women's Gymnastics team. They're going to be hosting their annual kids meet. Um, it'll be at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. Not sure the podcast for tomorrow will be up in time so I wanted to mention this here. It'll be televised on BYU TV as BYU Gymnastics takes on in-state rival Utah State. Uh, Cool to see BYU remaining in the top 20 in the country after moving up as high as number 6 in the country. So congratulations to them and best of luck tomorrow in the rematch against Utah State after the Cougars took care of the Aggies last week in Logan. Alright, and now as we wrap things up, I wanted to talk a little bit about Sione Takitaki and his being added to the roster at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, He played very well at the East-West Shrine game a week ago. I believe he had three total tackles in that game. Uh, And that was one of those games where you're going in and out, so you're not really able to get much of a continuity of plays running, but he produced at a pretty high level. And when there was an opening for linebacker at the Senior Bowl, they called him. He flew overnight, did a red-eye flight to Mobile, Alabama, and he's now participating in the Senior Bowl in Mobile. The Senior Bowl is the top... Top, um, in term, top uh, showcase event in terms of NFL draft prospects. The top seniors, the top prospects in the NFL draft are all in attendance at this uh, event. And this is a big opportunity for Sione to really show off for NFL scouts. There are large contingents of coaching staffs. Both the Raiders and the 49ers coaching staffs in full are coaching the two teams. So there's an opportunity for Sione to really make an impact. And if he is able to be the next linebacker that has a good season, 
in the NFL, I think BYU can really start calling themselves linebacker U. I think you could already call them that. They had some great runs with guys like David Nixon, uh, even go back to Brady Papinga, of course, uh, Kyle Van Noyes. We saw Pro Football Focus has has him as the top-rated linebacker in the NFL playoffs at this point. He'll be playing in the Super Bowl coming up in just over a week here, Sunday, February 3rd. So, been a good run of... of uh, linebackers, Spencer Hadley, uh, Fred Warner, of course, for the 49ers. There's been a good run of BYU linebackers, and I think Sione Takitaki is poised to be the next one that can really make an impact. And here's hoping that he shows well uh, for the scouts there in Mobile this weekend. Uh, the game is scheduled to be played, the Reese's Senior Bowl there in Mobile on Saturday. You can catch it. They've been televising the practices, etc., so you may get a chance to catch a glimpse of him on ESPNU or the NFL Network work but like I, I can't emphasize enough how important this is for Sione to really be on the radar of NFL scouts because a lot of the guys at the senior bowl the large majority of them are players the NFL teams are already projecting that will be selected in the NFL draft for so a good showing for Sione could really sew up a draft slot for himself he's a lone cougar representing BYU at the senior bowl this year I felt like uh, Corbin Kafusi might have had an opportunity had he been healthy but he had three different surgeries he had to undergo that he's still healing up from so there you go some of my thoughts on Sione Taki Taki. That'll be it for the podcast today. Excuse my voice once again. Thanks for bearing with me. Hopefully you guys are all having a great Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow getting you updated on what happens tonight against St. Mary's for BYU basketball. Also updating you on the official visits football-wise this weekend and everything else that comes up. We'll also have a full schedule breakdown of where the other teams in the BYU Athletic Department are in action over the weekend as well on tomorrow's podcast. Thanks again for joining me. Follow the show. Locked on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked on Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. And of course, you can always drop notes to the podcast by emailing us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining me. This has been Locked on Cougars for January 24th, 2019.